enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her. Don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. <laughs> That's Tim. <laughs> That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Those are getting... Why are we going too far with us? <laughs> this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic, down to that rare gem that rides you, that tells you to get out at the back of your video <laughs> store shelf. This week... Tim and I are covering from 2018. I think it. I think it's horror. It's weird. It's a, it's sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's annihilation. Tim, man, this was a this is a rough one, and I really struggled with a question. And I mean, the best I could come up with was a, what do you do when you're feeling self-destructive? Oh, because <laughs> we're gonna get pretty deep in this episode anyway. Sure. A lot of deep deepness in this movie so and there's no lightheartedness so let's just go let's just <laughs> okay go. well i you know here's the funny thing um i guess it's it's a well and one of our first mentions of a paradox um for me uh when i am self-destructive it's i kind of um flip the script you could probably say that the majority of my life would qualify as self-destructive <laughs> under normal circumstances. Okay. So when I'm actually self-destructive, it's far less interesting. Like <laughs> I get withdrawn um, and I would say withdrawn and self-loathing, self-doubting um, sort of just um, the it's I guess it's not an outwardly destructive force other than it is like destructive to my sense of self. Right. Because when I'm when what other behavior of mine that people would consider self-destructive is just when I'm having a good time. Um, but, but when I actually am getting self-destructive, I would say um, it, I would say it's a more internal getting down on myself and like a, a self-loathing, I guess you would say. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I Man, I've never really known you a very long time, really never put it that bluntly as a perspective to where, yes, your good time is someone else's like, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's yeah. not, you know, you're not like a, you know, like a meth head or something. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And within the confines of a of a healthy society, yes, exactly. <laughs> your lifestyle is more of a party, right? Yeah, I like to push the limits. I like to to make things an adventure. Um, and and sometimes you I've know, I've never been bored with you. Well, no, that's I'm I'm about yeah. Like I I have a hard time. Like if somebody was like, let's just go out and um, or let's just like sit together and like you know watch something or or something like that. Like I I'm no good at that. Right. Unless you have like a lot of like um, hydrocodone or something. But um, if uh, but I mean, like if I'm going to do something like I I can't help but infuse it with some sort of enthusiasm. That's that's my favorite quality in life is is excitement and enthusiasm. So that 
self-destruction for me to to destroy what it is I am is to kind of when I sort of extract the enthusiasm out of my life. Which is self yeah. me Actually, if somebody were to watch it from afar, might be like, "You're you're doing it right now." Like when your self destruction is like you're you're actually doing some good things here, but it right. doesn't feel you good. Started to a me. charity, right? But it doesn't feel good to me. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what I would say. Um, do, do you have any self destructive tendencies? I mean, I should say patterns of self destruction. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I do. A lot of uh, when I set goals, I immediately like are like ah, they're impossible or will be more more trouble than they're worth, and not do them. Very good at that, and that uh, that stops me from uh, progressing through anything. So, kind of taking away your own initiative to do like you you have things that you'd like to do and then you sort of self-destruct by by sort of taking away your own ambition to do that uh yeah yeah kind of like or, uh you know if i self-sabotage uh yeah i guess it is more self-sabotage which could end in destruction i don't know Man. oh no that's destruct i mean it's it's destructive for potential i suppose yeah that's kind of how i was viewing it yeah uh yeah Man, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it being thrown back at me if I had to answer that <laughs> right, question. Yeah. Right now, there are like legions of people listening to this just weep, like openly weeping. Yeah, I'm just like, man, time to really come to some truths about myself. <laughs> Need to do something. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it, it correlates really well with this movie because I don't know if, if you went through this, but I don't know if I've ever had a movie while I try to internalize a lot of what I watch. Like this one will kind of make you stop a little bit and think about your, you know, perspective and yeah. priorities and um, the things that might be getting in your way in your life. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a big metaphor for that, which I mean, we'll get to all those metaphors because there's countless ones. But um, yeah, it, it it's uh, it's about changing who you are. Right. Starting as one person. And ending is another. And, you know, somebody told me something today on, I, I guess you would consider this a lighter note just because it's science, but somebody told me today something about how on a biological level, we are not the same person that we were like every five to seven years, like the regeneration of cells Yeah, I've heard that, that like yeah. you literally aren't the same person that you were like seven years ago on, on literally on a cellular level. Yeah. Which um, is crazy. Yeah. And that's also like that. Uh, uh, what was that movie we saw? John dies at the end. Yeah. Where the opening of it is the story about a guy who kills a demon with an axe. And then the axe is around forever. And like the handle breaks and he goes to get the handle repaired. And then later, like the head, like cracks on it or something and he has to get a new head and then the demon reappears and is like, is that the axe who slayed me? And it's like, I, I mean, not really. Kind of. It's like still the axe I own. Oh, okay. But it's constantly been replaced, and now it's oh, not the axe. I can't believe you just said what you said. <laughs> because we'll just, I'm just going to get right into this even before we get into the movie. Okay. Oh, my God. What you just said is we were standing out. Uh, we, we, do, we always do a little warm up before the show and stand around and, and chat a little bit about some things. And I brought up a paradox that I had literally just learned about today. And what I was, what really excited me was that I could grasp the concept. 
Like that was the first thing. It's like I, I get <laughs> yeah. what this is, but it's a really it's called the the um, ship of Theseus paradox. So what that means is um, there, uh, let's say, a group of people. Uh, come across uh, a ship that was sailed by Theseus. It's this, you know, he was this great person in history and they're going to preserve his ship uh, for, for generations to come uh, to honor, you know, all of the history and the importance that goes along with it. So as they're preserving the ship and as time passes and as they need to replace boards one by one, if they take that board off and replace it with a new one, and then they take another board off and replace it with a new one. At what point is it no longer the ship of Theseus? If every board is ultimately completely replaced, is it still the ship of Theseus? Yeah. And furthermore, to make it more interesting, let's say that you took every board that you had taken off the ship and as feeble as that wood might have been, used it to reconstruct an exact replica of the ship of Theseus ah. is that more the ship of Theseus than the repaired ship that is now completely replaced parts. Fascinating. It really That's is. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty I cool. Do you not, do you remember it was, that, was that the movie we saw? Do you well, remember that? It, it, I don't remember that bit, but that has to be what they're talking okay. about. I mean, that, that literally yeah. when you're describing it, I'm like, holy shit, he's already doing the paradox. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's but it's it's really kind of neat. And, and I obviously will later on talk about how that plays into this movie. But, you know, it's it's kind of the idea of, you know, what when does something cease to be what it was? Um, if something, if something happens to you and it affects who you are, are you still the same person or are you somebody new now? Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting stuff. And this, this movie, like you, you can't help, even if you're, even if you don't like to read into movies and even if you only like movies for entertainment purposes, um, you can't help but but have your th- thoughts provoked by this one. I mean, it's yeah, it begs it. Well, yeah, and it and it it wears its. Uh, I'm stealing a quote I uh, heard from someone else, but it pretty much wears its like themes on its sleeve. Like yeah, <clears throat> where there is a lot of like, <clears throat> excuse me, interpretation and theme that goes around. You're not like, well, is it? Like no, right. This movie is about self destruction and about becoming a different person. Like th- that's it. Well, and I'm and, change. and, I, and I am change. Oh no, I'm I'm with you. Now I we will present some of the other theories which by god, it's like you read these things and it's almost like conspiracy theory like you're like, "Oh, that that theory is ridiculous." And then you watch some sort of uh documentary about it and then you're like, "Well, that's <laughs> it got a point there." Um so everything that I read that was an interpretation of this seemed to gain its own life and its own validity almost to the point that the interpretations themselves represent the sort of replication and like, like um, refraction Uh of what this really is. So you and I might think we know what it really is, but maybe the interpretations are gaining its own separate life, which is fucking crazy. I mean, what a fucking movie. What a fucking movie. But let me just. I'm so glad you liked it because you've never seen it. I've seen this. I owned this movie before we watched it. Like I, I, I really, I, I didn't, up I didn't my even know that copy of Annihilation to watch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what grabbed me from the beginning is, you know how everybody knows we love words and language. Annihilate is probably my second favorite word. 
And um, I just thought it always sounded so cool. So as we, we started, you know, I started my research for this. I really wanted to look up what is the etymology of that word. Yeah. And it's, it only gets fucking cooler. Um, it means it's, it's kind of like the, the word itself is like a gerund where you say like two and then a verb, like to swim, to run, uh-huh. to think. Annihilation means to nothing. To nothing something, <laughs> which is as badass as it yeah. fucking gets. Like, I am going to nothing you. It's one of the greatest villains of any movie, the nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I actually, I like the word so much, literally, and I'm, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. About 25 years ago, I literally wrote like a 30-second song about <laughs> Annihilate, like the word Annihilate. Oh, nice. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Okay. <clears throat> I'll see if I can remember it. You know you've got to annihilate tonight. You've got no choice but annihilate. Fight. Uh, <laughs> that it's it's unfinished, but um, yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. When you were like, "Let me see if I can remember it," I'm like, "The heat knows it." <laughs> that was excellent. Enjoy that. that. Yeah. Excellent. Jack Black would have sold his children's souls <laughs> to write that song. Um. But yes. No. I like the word, so I was drawn in by by that. And uh, when did you write that? I was like 25 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, the biggest, actually, you know, a uh, friend of the show, um, uh, I'll call him by his nickname, Mophead, loves that song. He begged me to sing that constantly. Love that. Nice. Um, Matt Ehrman, we love you. Um, so, yeah, no, so I was intrigued by, by the title. Although I will say this, if, if we're just going to get this, this technical stuff out of the way, it is, in, at least in my opinion, I always think it's a ballsy choice to have a one-word title. Yeah. Because nobody is going to confuse throw mama from the train for for any other movie like nobody's going to confuse that right uh or stop or my mom will shoot like that doesn't sound great examples like so any far. other yeah. movie. right but annihilation can sound like any of those other shun you know sure what, you know and I yeah mean, like i i would believe this is a steven seagal movie <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that title only if it had like the uh what i want to say like the colon yeah colon, after it. assassination colon <laughs> sniper task yeah <laughs> assassination colon annihilation oh, did i say assassination no. <laughs> yeah, either way it's good it um, probably is a steven seagal movie. annihilation Colon annihilation. Um, but yeah, no, but it's it's easy to, to confuse. And I cannot believe that they didn't name this The Shimmer. I, I, I could not believe Well, it's based that. off a book. Okay. Of the title oh, Annihilation. Okay. Well, that's, I guess that led them down the path then. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I, it's not a movie that I would have ever thought to see. I'm thrilled that you recommended it. And Good. um it was it's very much off the beaten path for what I like, but I, I really, really liked it. All right. Well, let, I, yeah, I got a feeling we got a lot to say. So let's do the thing and yeah. let's get into it. Uh, OK, so uh, it's Annihilation from 2018. It was written and directed by Alex Garland. It stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez. Financials budget of uh, about 50 million. That's like uh, the midway point of everything I read. Box office 43 did not do yeah. well. And we will talk about that. Mm hmm. Let's uh, let's do Nan some, and then we'll get into some spoilers. Lena is a cellular biology professor from Johns Hopkins. Her life is quiet and solitary as she struggles to deal with the disappearance of her husband, Kane. 
When he mysteriously shows up after being gone for a year, she quickly learns about his whereabouts, something the government is calling the Shimmer, a barrier that suddenly appeared on the southern coast of Florida's panhandle. No one is sure what it contains. Every team that enters is never heard from again, with the exception of Kane. Now Lena joins a new team of scientists as they enter the ever-expanding Shimmer in hopes to solve its mysterious origin and to stop its effects before it consumes the planet and leads to Earth's annihilation. <laughs> You're getting so good at those. No, thank you so much. I mean, you've always been, but yeah, that that's this was a hard man. When I this was one of those again where it's like, how do I even like set this movie up? Like, how do right. you give a brief summary of this movie? Maybe it's such a weird, insane setup, but maybe so important. Maybe you just say to somebody like, "Picture Florida." <laughs> And that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Ten times crazier than you're imagining. <laughs> right. Uh, or or exactly what you're imagining. One, one or the other. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, but it's no, uh, not southern Florida, the northern, <laughs> right. the southern coast of northern Florida. It's very weird. Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, you're right. It's it's not it, it doesn't have a real easy hook. Like even if you try to explain to somebody like. There's this mysterious region, and when you like when people go in there, they never come out. I don't know. I guess that's a bit of a hook. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's really it's really one that you have to see. But what I went into it with was w- your words, where I was like, you had said it was a slow burn. Yeah. And and it is. It very much is. And it made me, while it is successful, in its slow burning, um. It, Slow it, burn and then a quick phosphorus grade. Oh, grade. right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, just to finish it off at the end there. Um, but it made me appreciate, and not I'm not going to get off on a tangent because we'd talk forever, but it made me appreciate the art of the slow burn and yeah. how really Stanley Kubrick does that better than any human on the planet to where there's not a lot happening, but you're just, you feel like you're drawn to the screen, like you can't look away. And while this movie was, I, I wouldn't call it Kubrick-esque, I mean, it it had certain elements of that, of, of a certain, like, withdrawnness um, before they get to the Shimmer. Um, it, it does play its slow burn well. So let's get this right off the top. Let's get this out there that if you haven't watched this movie and you end up being intrigued by it, which I hope that you are and that you watch it, just hang in there. Hang in there because yeah. it, I mean it's I think it's cool all the way throughout but but if, if you feel like it's a little slow going it it won't stay that way yeah and then it is still you're right kind of. I don't know you kind it's, of, yeah. Yeah. it's it's hard to be like it's not slow but it is slow but it's, it's not, not it's not bad slow there is yeah. a good slow and this movie is a great <laughs> slow right yes but yeah with just enough like adrenaline spikes at just the right spots. That keeps you hooked in, and and just it's a, a mist. I mean, it's a mystery essentially, right? With 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 some horror elements around it, and I I want to talk a little bit about the fact, uh, just real quick, about the fact that the that the the main cast is made up of women, and you know what I love most about that is that, frankly, it doesn't matter. Like it's so good. Yeah, the performances are so good. The movie is so good. The story is so good that I, I I'm glad that those women played the roles. I wouldn't I wouldn't want anybody else to play it. But at the same time, I wasn't sitting there thinking like I didn't see it as girl power. I saw it as like these women 
who just happen to be women are fucking great in these roles. Yeah. And I, and I, and I honestly, I'm in some strange way and I don't want to just disprove my own point, but I don't, I think it somehow would have been a lesser film with men. And I'm not even really sure why I feel that way, but um, maybe it was just because it was refreshing because Hollywood wants to ram movies with a group of five guys down your throat exactly. over and over yeah. again, you know, and maybe we've just seen so much of that that we're, we're tired of it. But, um, but I thought it was great. And I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's weird about it's um, success. Um, I think it came out at a weird time. I dang, I looked up the box office earlier and I can't remember, but it like came in fourth over the weekend. But so when this movie came out, I watched a like online review. These guys, they're called uh, red letter media. They do like funny reviews and stuff like that. But one of the guys, he pointed out, he's like, he's like, this is because they loved the movie. And he's like, this is everything everyone's been clamoring about. It's not a reboot. It's not a remake. You know, sure, it's based off of a book, but that's the bare minimum sure. of like not your an original work, right? Uh, you know, he's like, it stars all women, but without being pandering to that fact. Yes. It's not like they, you know, they have to be women. So, you know, we have no other choice but to have these women go in there. They don't because they're the best in their respective fields. They don't treat it as a gimmick. Right. And I love that. It said one time. One yeah. time. Natalie Portman says, we're all women. And then another one's like, we're all scientists. Right. Yeah. And that's the last that we're all women or, hey, look at us women is drawn drawn attention to. Like, that's like the goal. I feel like this movie is the goal to where we just have properties where it's not like everything the same or hitting you over the head that it's not the same. Exactly. And the thing is, if you're sitting out there and you're like, you know, I just don't want to see a movie that stars like five women, you know, going on an adventure. It's like the fucking Predator is on TBS all the time. <laughs> if you, that's what you need, it is there for you. But right. if you're willing to do something a little different, yeah. then then check this out. Um, but, yeah, this but movie I, is visually fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. Tim, I just got that new television, and uh, this is the first time oh. I watched it on the new TV Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. They did a good job with the color in this movie. Well, let's let's talk a little bit real quick. We'll get the we'll get the I don't want to say the boring stuff out of the way. We'll get the business stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um that whole thing about it's uh it kind of stumbled out of the gate but for a specific reason. Um that and I don't I don't want to call it sabotage but kind of. Um so they make the film and the head financier, who's a billionaire, uh, at MGM, did not care for it. Kevin Kevin Ellison is that uh, yeah. his name? And I read about him. Yeah, didn't care for it. And but God, doesn't it show the value of having Final Cut? Yeah. So, um, is it Scott Rudin was the was the producer? Yes. Who was standing uh, beside the director? To say like no, this is this is the movie that that we set out to make. This is the movie that we wanted to make, and we're not doing any reshoots, and we're going to present it as it is. And that financier couldn't do anything about it because he didn't have the the final cut. But he's like, well, I can't do anything about that. But you know what I can do? 
I'm going to completely sell its international rights to Netflix so that it's only released in the U.S., China, and Canada. Right. And it has no other theatrical release anywhere else in the world. Which, yes, U.S. and, and China are the largest film-going markets, but you're still taking away an entire world of theatrical where people go to the cinema they sit in there they they see it they go out they tell people they talk about it right you're not because if you're just in your house or whatever then you know you watch the movie in your house you're in the comfort of your own home and you just kind of keep it to yourself yeah but when you go out to the movies and you have an experience unless you, it's the kid detective and you talk about it on social media always i love how you will not let that one <laughs> not, go no listen nor can, should can i quick tangent seriously yeah. i was telling some friends of ours the night before about that movie i'm like un- Underrated movie, you gotta watch it. The next morning, I woke up. I had like a Reddit notification because I had made a post a year ago about how great that movie was on this uh, one subreddit. That person linked me. Someone had like remembered that post and then linked me a new post. Someone had just put up three days ago about how awesome the Kid Detective was, and he's like, "It's catching steam." I'm like. A weird, you remember this, right? Yeah, <laughs> a year right. ago. But thank you, <laughs> like you do to look that up. <laughs> but yeah, Kid Detective gaining steam. Everyone, check out the Kid Detective. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, back to I, Annihilation, which is also uh, so good. Yeah. No, you recommended it to me. I saw it. I loved it. And uh, no, Kid Detective. Were, yes, yes, you were yeah. absolutely right about that. <laughs> that movie sunk its own ship with its title, though. I think. I think that that's... See, that's what attracted me to it. Well, it's cool sounding, and if you just get past that, but I think that that's what might what might kill it. Right. Because um, he's but, not a kid. He's an adult. Right. <laughs> and I, would, I wouldn't change the title for what knowing what the movie is. It's perfect. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the, this, this movie's ship was sunk, and what's, what's really shameful about that is that it's not just selling the international rights and keeping it out of theaters. It's what that looks like to anybody else that might try and create buzz about this movie, which is when somebody sells off the rights before it actually hits the theaters, it means I don't think this is going to make money. I don't think that this is a great product and I don't think people are going to like it. So let's get our money quick while we can and try to make the budget back. And so it looks bad when, when someone does that, which is a shame because the, and look, I'm not saying that this is going to be the next like independence. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, um, but I, it, it was unfairly sort of, you know, kicked out of its, its own race and, uh, and never had the chance to, to perform good, bad or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see audiences struggling with this movie. This is one of those movies. Critics are like, this is really great. A lot of people are going to miss. They're going to be expecting something else. You go to like a Natalie Portman sci-fi movie. Yeah. All of my other sci-fi experience with her is star Wars. Like then what's this? It's like, Oh, she also does like thoughtful independent films (laughs) that I didn't know about. This is more in that vein. Well, and that, that was the problem. They said that, you know, they, it was, they blamed it on the the test screenings, the early test screenings. They showed it and they said that the audience thought that it was too intellectual. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, not everything is Freddie got fingered. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like we want we need a balance. Although I'll tell you what, if you revisit that, he it was actually it might be a better satire than we gave him credit for at the time. Well, and the truth is, I've never seen it. So okay. I mean, it's I should not yeah, good. I, yeah. But if you in reflection, it's like. Oh, is he making fun of the expectation? Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I love how we're just... That's not my take either, but I get it. This episode has just become like a championing 
of all the underdogs in right. the film history. Uh, but no, it's uh, so yeah, it had it. The it three had a, Titans, Annihilation, <laughs> The Kid Detective, and Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yeah. The Rushmore of underappreciated <laughs> films. <laughs> but I mean, everybody groups those all those four together all the time. So I mean, we're not saying anything new. Uh, but uh, no, it's um, it, it it is a different film, and it does have a different feel. But you know what? Um, I, we can sit here and say that, but audiences are gobbling up, or at least certain sections of audiences are gobbling up. You know, stuff like um, uh, Hereditary. Yeah. And um a midsummer. So I think some audiences are ready for horror or genre films that are a little bit off the beaten, you know, uh Crystal Lake path. Um, you know, they're ready for something different and maybe a little bit more involved. So I think that guy made a big fucking mistake. I don't know, maybe financially maybe it Yeah, that did well. seem like a Well, yeah, and it was also I think like Paramount was going through an ownership change at the time as well, so it was just like a just a bad mix of we don't we don't have time to put the resources into promoting correctly this weird film right that i it just i gotta think too much about it right i got other things to think about like bumblebee <laughs> <laughs> we got bumblebee yeah. coming down the pipe i mean are we gonna do radio clips the whole time or does he get his own voice i don't know <laughs> Yeah, but well, I'm glad that that the movie was made and that it wasn't altered because that would be the biggest sin. It's one thing for it to not make its money back, which I'm sure hurt some people. Yeah. But I'd I'd much rather have it be relatively forgotten, but still be the the movie that it was meant to be. Yeah. Now, did you see? Did you see Alex Garland's other? I think he's only done one other movie, which was Ex Machina. I did not see that. All right, I, that's pretty good too. But I've seen the movies that he's written. Okay. Uh, 28 Days Later yeah. and, and uh, a couple other things. Um, yeah, I've got those notes somewhere. But no, he's uh, he's a, a great writer, and that's what I was happy to see when... Oh, uh, Sunshine. Oh, he wrote Sunshine? Oh, shit. We might do. So- we might have to do Sunshine. That movie's great. But, um, but Dread? Yeah. yeah. Did so, you see I Dread? Mean, yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe on the, on the lower side of things, The Beach. Remember The Beach with DiCaprio? That was his big uh, Titanic follow-up that kind of tanked. Oh, he did the beach? The Wait, beach. he wrote the beach? He wrote the beach. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not in this. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's like the one DiCaprio movie no one talks about. No, yeah, they, they don't. <laughs> and for kind of good reason, but yeah. Um, that was early. That's like his third or fourth movie. It was, like, that was very Titanic. early. It was the oh, follow-up was? to Titanic. Oh, I miss you saying that. But I mean, there no no movie. Well, was how do I know that. you said that if I missed you saying that? <laughs> right. Anyway. So um, so the the neat thing about no more the, Guinness before we record. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the neat thing about this movie getting into it is um, one of the things that that I noticed in that they they come right out with. I'm no genius, but they talk about um, cells separating and. Um, multiplying, yeah, and uh, and sort of um, regenerating and 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 growing and and whatnot, which is interesting because I saw one person say that and absolutely was was standing on. They made their soapbox out of a stack of Bibles and they were screaming from the mountaintops that this movie was about cancer, um, and which yeah, in they, a way they, they made some really good points, um, but uh, 
but I saw that there was that there was obviously a, a heavy influence of the idea of of cells and and how they work. So from a from a uh, a set design angle, what I started noticing was early on that there is a lot of uh, use of repetition. So like if you have a wall behind somebody, it's like um, a wall that's sort of segmented by borders. And then there's another strip right next to it and another strip right next to it, another strip right next to it. Or if there's a bed, it's got like these series of holes, like in a line all the way across it. So there were, you really have to kind of look for it, but there's a lot of sort of subliminal repetition of the same shape. Yeah. thing um so i mean m- maybe that's just me reading into it i don't know <laughs> no, that's it, was, pretty good. it was a neat choice um so yeah we're we're introduced to the at the very beginning of this movie like you said it wears its themes on its sleeve so we know that we're talking about things on a cellular level we might be talking a little bit about um sort of uh immortality maybe uh-huh. um and uh and changes and that sort of thing but but what's neat about the movie is that while it does have that slow burn in the beginning, the setup before we get to all of the metaphor and all of the the weirdness and craziness that is the shimmer is that we have a pretty straightforward storyline. Yeah. As far as this girlfriend and Seems boyfriend. very normal. Yeah. Or a husband and wife. Yeah. Yeah, who um, seem to to have a, a nice relationship. They're they're playful with each other. He has a job. Well, it's never really you know said straight out that he is in in the military and he goes on special missions. Yep. Um, but I mean, he's they a green seem, beret. He's a green beret, and they 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 but they, together they seem fun, fun loving. Um, and we gather that he's gone a lot, and it's in the beginning of the movie that we kind of start where he has been gone for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, yeah, she's already like mourning his loss, essentially. Her coworker invites her to a barbecue and he's like, it's it's okay. Like, you're not you're not doing anything against him by coming to a fucking barbecue. Right. Right. Do let me ask you real quick, because this movie does jump around time wise, like uh, chronologically. But I I didn't feel it was jarring at all, like almost. Was perfect. And it would, and it was, and it's weird too because it like sometimes it would jump to like one point in time. The three different times are like her life with Kane and before he leaves. Then like the movie essentially opens up. We 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 get she's already been in the shimmer. Like she's being questioned about what she saw in there. Yes, yeah. And so then this whole movie is essentially a flashback. Yeah. So, like, there's one point where it just, like, jumps to her being questioned, and she says literally, like, one line, and then it jumps back yeah. to the... But I, I wasn't, like, that feels so out of place. Like, I, I thought they did that very well. No, it's seamless. And, yeah. and you, know, you know. You know when it goes to a flashback. And I, you're right. I don't know how they did it, because they don't, like, throw it in your face. There's no, like... You know, right. I mean, there's there's no, nothing like that tells you that it's cut. a flashback. But you get it. I mean, you, you pick up on it seamlessly. Um, so yeah, we know that, that, uh, the ones she's she's smiling in are usually the earlier ones, right? Yeah. (laughs) She's having a good time (laughs) Yeah, yeah. or he's around, but yeah, she's like painting. Yeah. She uh, tells the guy, I'm I'm just painting the bedroom. I'm not doing anything. And he shows up and he's been gone like a year. 
Yeah, the the boyfriend shows up, and and you and we kind of get because you're right; they do it subtly. Which is Oscar Isaac, uh, amazing Oscar Isaacs. It's yeah, the one of the only men of mention in this. The other being Benedict Wong, who's the guy questioning her. That guy rules. I love that guy. Well, he's in a show that nobody in the goddamn world has seen, but maybe me and a, like three other people called Deadly Class, which is fucking awesome. It maybe had a season, maybe two, and it was about, he plays kind of like the headmaster of this school that takes in like wayward criminal kids and stuff and turns them into assassins. And it is what? Fucking bad. Was this on USA? Uh, I don't know. That what sounds like a on, USA show. It is <laughs> fucking crazy. Okay. Like off the rails. Deadly nuts. class. When was that on? Like like maybe three years ago. Oh, it's that recent? Oh, yeah. Okay. And oh, it, so it's not a USA watch show. It, you'll be like, how the fuck? Because it starts off like wild and it's got some gore and some violence and stuff. But then it like it incorporates animation. And what? It is Fucking crazy! I've it never goes, heard you talk about this oh, show. I, I well, yeah. I, and I Benedict Wong's in it. Absol- absolutely, absolutely, and he rules in it. Of course, he rules yeah. in it. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so it was great to see him. Um, but yeah, we we it's done very subtly. In fact, it is kind of sad. Like those little things that you don't think of when she's talking to that fellow professor and he's inviting her to the barbecue, and she says, um, "We're we're uh, I'm painting our bedroom." And then she kind of corrects herself, like, I'm, I'm painting the bedroom. Yeah, the bedroom. You know, so that she's letting go of the idea of the fact, you know, that he's going to come back. Because it's been a, a full year. Yeah. There's, there's no word from anybody else that was in his unit. Yeah. Um, and and it should be assumed that he's probably gone. And we, you know? Yeah, we learned this is like, I do like the way she puts it. Because, you know, it's before he's going on this this next mission. And she's like, this one seems like pretty serious like yeah the silence about it is different because he can't talk about any of them but even just what he can't talk about seems way off right it's kind of like she's like you know like when you hear that somebody was in the military and you're like oh wow that's cool like you know and they say they were overseas and you're like oh wow and then they were like in sweden (laughs) and it's like okay but you know but it seems like his other missions you know he's he's more apt to talk about them or whatever, but he's secretive about this one, and it and it does seem more serious. He does tell her he's like we'll be in the same hemisphere, which has to fuck with her more. Like, because uh, let's be honest, like yeah. the the northwestern hemisphere, pretty safe hemisphere. Like what what's going on where I'm disappearing for a year, right? In like Canada or Mexico, and why didn't he just say we'll be in like the same? Time, I mean, maybe in the same time zone. <laughs> maybe. I, I'm not really sure where. I don't know if the. Yeah, was she like, they seemed East Coast, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it couldn't have been that far because when she's transported, it doesn't seem like she goes on a on a plane. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. He could have said, yeah, I'll, same time zone. That's reassuring. <laughs> be Should right be. on the street. But. Um, don't go to the park. <laughs> right. Um, so. So yeah, we, we the introduction is not spoon feeding, but it's also not complex enough to where we feel like we're lost. Yeah, like things are just sort of happening. Well, you shouldn't even say this movie even even starts more with just a fucking <laughs> meteor hitting Earth. So there's no question about like we as an audience are like it's something alien. And somebody at work today was trying looks, to. Didn't it look gorgeous? Oh yeah, that that smoke trail that goes into the lighthouse. 
and it just lingers there, and then the camera moves, so you yeah. get this weird, different perspective of it. Oh, God, it looked... I know that's CGI. A lot of practical effects in this movie, which we will talk about. I know that part was CGI, but that looked gorgeous. Somebody, We've come so far. Somebody at work today, when I mentioned the movie that we were doing, wanted to make sure that I properly differentiated between a meteorite and a comet. Oh, God. And I still don't know what the difference is. Oh. I think uh, a comet cooler. has a... I think it has a a, a set trajectory, or a, you know, maybe not because there are rogue comets. It's probably a size thing. Yeah, <laughs> I like calling it a meteorite I feel because dumb that just now. sounds cooler. Um, so a meteorite hits, uh, and um, we learned about rogue comets comets in the uh, oh yeah in, maximum <laughs> overdrive episode, right? Yeah, whether they were real or not, but right. yeah, um, but uh, they are real. They will uh, not affect your pop machine. <laughs> So, yeah, so we we get into this thing, and what I like about it is you and I oftentimes talk about, you know, the plausibility of things or whatever, and this movie has a a pretty steep hill to climb with making it plausible that you would have somebody who is a civilian who's caught up with somebody who has very covert, secret government ties to special projects and how they would somehow be invited well she's also ex-military exactly so they throw that they throw that in there (laughs) but i mean even still like to say she's kind of living a normal life like why would she ever go along with some sort of mission so let's let's get to the point of why she would even be invited on a mission at all yeah and that is that like you said kane after a year when she's you know boringly painting there or the or our bedroom white too you're right like she's removing the color from yes and she that's almost more depressing than black i know (laughs) like she could sit there and like like to see her thinking of like flipping through like color palettes and then she's like i'll just go with white right i'll just use the primer sad um maybe it was just primer but uh even though it is a mix of all the colors so maybe there's something to that true but um so anyhow kane shows up and you would think like Holy shit, like this movie's gonna be so fun and nice. Her boyfriend's back, her <laughs> husband's back. Um, but he looks a little out of sorts. Yeah. And she picks up on that. She's happy to see him. But he, she you can tell they have a nice, very sort of distanced, um, like I like to say a lot of times, antiseptic table scene where she's trying to get answers like any person would, like, where the fuck have you been yeah. for a year? Um, he doesn't know. And he doesn't know. And he can't really tell her much more than that. And he seems different and he seems off, but I'm sure she's probably thinking, well, he's just been going through it. He's seen some shit. Right. Um, Northern Canada craziness. Yes. I was there when the shit went down in Granada. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) So, yeah. So she's she's realizing... Are you referencing that puppet sketch from Saturday Night Live? No. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> what Good. Delightfully Good. random thing to yeah, say. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so um, anyhow, so she's she's aware, like, okay, things are weird. Like, you know, maybe they'll sort themselves out. But then his uh, condition. Yeah. Very. She knew something was wrong when he started hemorrhaging from his mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Big indicator. And. And then we then this is where the movie really picks up. Some speed. Yeah, the beginning kind of does go fast. Like I'm like, I feel I feel like we're we're trying to not walk 
through like every scene, but it's almost like we have to to set this up. But it, it, it's all happening very quickly. Yeah, and and we and we you're right. We sort of do, and, and now when we get to the shimmer, that's when we can break off into yeah. the metaphor and everything. But but yeah, so the guy is is really in bad shape, and he's bleeding from his mouth more than any person should. And and um, but what. Where the shit hits the fan is when they're in the ambulance and they're on the way to the hospital that they get sort of, you know, they, they kind of intercepted. have to careen off the road. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah, I feel like there's a safer way you can stop an ambulance. <laughs> right. Um, other than run them off the road. And then they, they literally like these um, uniformed and armed uh, people take the cane out of the, the ambulance and she faints. No, and, they uh, put a sedative. They inject oh, yeah, her. They give, yeah, they give her a sedative, and um, and then the next thing you know, we wake up in this area where a facility. Which is, yeah, it's a facility. Um, we don't know anything about it. We don't know who anybody is. She doesn't know who anybody is, and they're not really forthright with telling her who they are or what's going on. Um, but it all comes out. You know what's that's what's neat about it? Like you just said, it it sound it seems like a slow burn, but it all just kind of comes out like it should. You know, that that she is is told that, um, you know, her husband was a part of this mission and that, you know, um, that, you know, with her background in both military and science, that she might not be all that bad of an addition to the group that's about to go out there and see what's happening. Yeah. So this group that we have is made up of... I mean, we shouldn't gloss over. It's Jennifer Jason Lee yes. that comes in. I mean... And I'm going to say the worst. The thing. first uh, boobs in a movie I think I ever saw. Well, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I haven't seen her in anything in a long time, and I'm just going to sound awful to say, um, but I hadn't seen her in anything in a while. I mainly remember her actually from The Hitcher, and I thought she oh, was wow so so cute in that, and and such a tragic end that she meets in in that movie. But um, I hadn't seen her really in much. Since then, single white female, yeah, I guess so. But even then, that was a while ago, yeah, that's true. 25 years, 20, 25 years ago, <laughs> was it? Yeah, <laughs> so that's been a while. So when I oh, saw I her, I was looking like, at Natalie Portman's, I'm like, oh, right, Thor was like 12 years ago, isn't that crazy? Fucked up. But I see her and I, and now. If you put Jennifer Jason Lee in a lineup of other probably 55 year olds, I'm sure she probably looks great, yeah, but I just hadn't seen her in a really long time, so I was like, oh, but. Here's she looks the like funny. she had lip work done. Yeah, which is not a good look. I'm but I'll sorry. tell you what what added to it all and and I really did not like her at first in uh-huh. this movie from a performance uh aspect. I actually said um I was watching this movie with someone and I actually said like it looks like she's just kind of ambling around with like a wine drunk. <laughs> she seems like a little just, drowsy. Yeah, just kind of like Sort of like this is a person that's heading up an operation that is very serious, but she just seems sort of like weirdly disaffected and and in that like um, kind of unprofessional for what her her role or title or or place should have been. And I I was kind of like, I think she's kind of tanking this performance. (laughs) We find out I found out later why she was acting the way she was acting. And it makes perfect sense. And she did a great job. Um, But yeah, so. Natalie Portman is waking up here at this facility and has no idea what's going on, is given some indication of, as to what's going on, and then, you know, meets the rest of the group that is going to be going into the shimmer. She's told that this is what happened. Don't they really come right out and say, for the most part, like, hey, this is what's been going on? Yeah, so, she yeah. lays it out. She's like, 
this you know uh three years ago the it, this thing landed in a national park on the, in the it's on the panhandle in florida she's like you know we evacuated all the surroundings said there was a chemical spill we've been monitoring it now for the last three years uh anything that goes in never comes back out right um you we've sent drones people animals everything uh and and it's getting bigger yeah and now the only thing that's ever come out is kate is your husband is yeah yeah. and so so that gives um she's like in two weeks it'll be like where we're at now right right so yeah it's quickly spreading they don't it looks cool it's got this weird like soap film look to it yeah yeah that kind of like awesome mix of like blues purples and pinks sort of that um gosh there's even um oh man it would be like something that you would find there used to be a store in the mall that had like some candles and some like wizard stuff (laughs) and like so you remember what i'm talking about i don't know what that store was called i know what you're talking about it had like it would have like bracelets or like metal things that had that same sort of shimmer to it yeah that same sort of color scheme so yeah so now by the if you get to this point in the film now you understand what's going on. She understands what's going on. And we meet the other group of people that are going to be going into the shimmer. Yeah. And this is where we get a nice balance of personality and a wonderful balance of talent. Um, yeah. The first thing that I noticed was um, I saw one of the actresses and I'm like, my God, where do I know that that actress from? I recognized her from Creed, uh-huh. but she's also in the comic book movies. Oh yeah. She's in Thor. She's yeah. in the third yeah. Thor movie. Right. Yeah. And Tessa uh, Thompson. Yeah. So she is, is kind of plays uh, a little bit of a, like I'd say like a shy, quiet, little bit bookish physicist. Yeah. Um. So that's, so they've got a physicist on board. They've got a, the uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, uh, Dr. Ventress is a, what are we calling her? A psychologist? Yes. Psychologist. Then we also have a paramedic. That name messed with me, too, because I'm a huge Venture Brothers fan, and there's a Dr. Venture in that. So anytime they said Dr. Ventress, I'm just like, and Dr. Venture is such a opposite end of character as Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee. So it's just crazy. And then we have the a, three people who know what I'm talking about. Like, God. <laughs> there's a paramedic that they're bringing along, which makes good sense. You know, yeah, you're Gina driving. Rodriguez. Yeah. And she's awesome. Jane she, the Virgin. I think she won an Emmy for that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then we have Cass Shepard, who is um, what? Is, what is her Tufa title? Tufa Novotny? And she, yeah, what was she? Uh, oh, I don't remember. A, a a geomorphologist. Okay. See, in the book, I guess in the book, uh. A book that I bought and then never read. <laughs> okay. Because I saw this trailer and I was like, that looks really cool. What is this? And then I heard, so I was based on a book, a short book, like 200 pages. So I bought it, never read it. Nancy read it. She read all three. But I don't know if you read this, but the but the movie itself was based only on the first book. And he told the author, he's like, don't tell me how it ends. Right. So, oh, cool. yeah. So he just kind of used the first book as a basis I guess there are like bits that are actually kind of close, but like in the book, there's this whole like, like a tower. Nancy was just telling me there's something about a tower. Like one of the books is like, there's a tower and there's something on the, like 
on the wall that they call the crawler that they have to like walk by all the time and it creeps them out one of them like spits a spore out at one of the ladies oh wow yeah um but yeah so i I guess when they when he i guess the book doesn't really have any names in it they're just called like the geologist or oh really yeah the psychologist oh that's interesting and it was it was one of those things where he I th- he might have introduced names in later. I'm a little iffy on this um, because he he must have because he was like, as he was writing it, he started to add in like where they would call each other's names and he was doing male names and he was like, it just, it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. And then once he made them all women, he was like, it worked. And he's like, and I, you know, he's like, I'll be honest. Like a part of that was like, well, you don't see this either. Like they're, critically like crucially underrepresented as right. characters sure. anyway sure um so yeah so uh so we have i mean we yeah. have a pretty good team assembled and and now it goes back to what we were saying about the fact that you know how do you how do you have a movie about somebody who is essentially a, a civilian and then they get along they get invited to go along into some like huge you know covert operation well it helps if they are ex-military and it helps if they are a biologist you know (laughs) cellular biologist so um so she was a natural fit so now we've got our our gang we've got our group but she doesn't let any of them they know that a guy's come out of there but she's like i'm gonna hold that one a little close to the chest right i don't have to they don't need to know that i'm affiliated with him in any way exactly so um so they head into the shimmer this is this is fun you know like from a viewer's perspective, like we don't know what's going to happen when they get there. We know it's probably going to be pretty crazy, um, but we see them go in. And what I love that they did, whether it was uh, on purpose or not, was that pretty much the second that they're in there, we see them. Uh, we see Natalie Portman's character sort of waking up, coming out of her tent. And we realize that we as viewers have no idea what's going on. And also these characters have no idea what's going on because as far as they can tell from their food rations, they've been there for a couple of days. Yeah. None of them remember what happened. Yeah. They don't remember setting up camp. None of them do. They're just like, based on how much food is gone, we've actually been here a few days. Right. So that's that right there sets it it up nicely for for the audience where it's like we're all on the same level playing field here. Well, and you already know there's a time timey wimey thing because I think in the beginning, Benedict Wong's asking her, and he's like, what did you eat? Like, you only went in with, like, two weeks rations. You've been gone four months. Oh, is that how long? He did say how yeah. long they were in there? Yeah. Yeah, because she guessed that they were in there for, what, days or weeks? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, um, okay, so, yeah, so they were in there for a while. Um, but but what's nice is that, you know, everybody is disoriented. Nobody knows what's going on. We're all kind of, you know, viewers included, kind of going on this journey together. And um, pretty quickly, and and it's got nice timing because we're we're ready for it as as horror viewers. We get some action. Yeah, and it's kind of terrifying. Like uh, oh, the gator. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so we get a nice what I would I guess is the equivalent of a jump scare. You know where? Yeah, because they find an old dilapidated house yeah. that's like half sunk into the water. Right. All this was filmed in England, by the way. Was it? Yeah, Windsor. Okay. In the Queen's backyard, <laughs> doubled for the swampland of Florida. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Would Which be- I'll tell you what, like watching, 
a how refreshing that they actually just used an environment and shot a movie in uh, in it. That was pretty cool. And the extra stuff they added in because it is overgrown. Like they they looked at Florida and they were like, "This is too dense." Yeah, like we, right. This is yeah. too much of what we're actually looking for. <laughs> right. Um, but like uh, it, they did not add a lot in post. A lot of a lot of lighting, and yeah. stuff like that. But and some extra vegetation, but not too much. Yeah. So um, yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing about it. Like I'm glad that you you said that because. What's neat about this environment is that rather than this director or art director feeling like they have to cram this down our throat, like, um, I don't know, like uh, Avatar or (laughs) something, it's just in little, just little, it's just spiced. It's just little like, like sparsely spiced throughout. You might get a little glimmer of some like prism type color coming through the trees. Yeah. And uh, it's very subtle. It's not like all of a sudden we're in some sort of, you know, wizard of Oz, like crazy alien land. It's like here, but just a little off. Yeah. So, so we're not like already on the edge of our seats. Like if you're waiting. a lost fan. It's the, the light scatters differently here. That's a very important line from lost. <laughs> I never kept up with that show. I loved it, man. Yeah. A lot of people hated the end, and I get it. Uh, there was like one gimmick, like half of the last season. I'm like, don't do that. But the other half, I kind of liked the island stuff. I liked. So, so what was the thing at the end? Like, was it all just? Did they have an easy explanation for it? Uh, no. And then like another half of it is they're all dead and they're like meeting in heaven. It's stupid. Super oh. stupid. Oh, okay. super stupid. Sorry if I just okay. gave away that and lost it. It's been a twenty years, so who cares? Right. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so here we are. We've got this. What is it like? Ultimately, like a half a movie, or you know, a quarter's worth of a movie of setup of this slow burn, so that when something does happen, yeah, that does have some action to it. It it's very jarring, yeah, and it's awesome, and it's it's terrifying because this this. Um, I, I, who was it that was grabbed by Tessa the Thompson gets yanked. Yeah. yeah. Yanked by this thing for inside the cabin. And yeah. Then they go rushing in and, and, um, you know, she's being kind of like rolled in the water, kind of like a, like an alligator roll. Um, yeah. and it's, we don't see anything in inside, which is great. Right. And then the, the reveal of it is awesome. Cause they're all out now outside on the bank and you just hear like, boom, like it's smashing into the side of the house. Yeah. And then just busts out this gigantic albino gator and then just sinks into the water. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's fun. So, cool. so so now we know that anything can happen and that, you know, nature is a little crazy here. But it's not all, you know, jarring. There are some images in the shimmer that are gorgeous. There are these sort of like white deer-like creatures that instead of antlers have what look like uh, cherry blossom yeah. branches. And they're just beautiful. And even if you... Even if you, because did I mean, you notice one of them was kind of like a grotesque clone of the other of the? Because the one in front is like white, yeah, and then the one behind it is like mottled, like black and green. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I did. I've seen it four times. Uh, yeah, so. I know. I did, and this is I, I'll say it right now. This is a movie that deserves uh, repeat viewings, and I have not done that yet, but I will. Um, but yeah, so so we do get these beautiful things, but they aren't. Like I said, they aren't shoved down our throat, um, but 
things tend to happen pretty quickly yeah. as far as what we're really getting to about the discussion of this movie is the sort of changes that people are going through personally. Yeah. And, and everybody goes about it a little bit differently. Cause everyone in the group is also a little broken. Yes. Cause the paramedic, she's an addict. Tessa Thompson is like a suicide survivor. Like she wears long sleeves cause she's got scars on her arms. The geomorphologist, her daughter died of a lot of cancer. There is a lot of cancer in this. Yeah. Because, yeah, Natalie Portman opens talking about cancer. Uh, the geomorphologist, her daughter died of leukemia. And then we also then learn Dr. Ventress has terminal cancer. Undis- right. Undisclosed what kind of cancer it is. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of her, the, the, the reasoning behind her demeanor. She's dying. And this is her, like... And it's yeah, that's the self-destructive. She she gives a good little speech about the difference between like committing suicide and being self-destructive, right. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I it's that, deep, that, man. that there's a that there's a differentiation there. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um and but yeah, so and then no one really commits suicide. We right. all just take self-destruction right to that <laughs> ultimate yeah. level. So I pretty early on was picking up on uh and not because I'm some sort of interpretive genius but was picking up on those hints of self-destruction and I was really trying to grasp what the shimmer is a metaphor for uh-huh. and so I started with that I started with that self-destruction and I kind of looked at it as sort of because we have this talk about cells, you know, replicating and, and growing and, and, and taking over. And what I thought I was, was getting into here as far as a, a train of thought was that the shimmer represented a sort of shame spiral, a sort of downward spiral of one, you know, a bad thing happening. And then you're sort of perpetuating it and maybe like a cycle of bad behavior like you keep like if something bad happens in your life that you continue that cycle of behavior over and over and over till it consumes you yeah. it, it could easily be seen as a metaphor for addiction right that that you start doing something and that it it is it is an alien force that is coming into your body as an alien substance yeah. it's coming into your body it is sort of enhancing it's it's sort of um taking who you are as a person while you're under the influence of it and but yet it's twisting that yeah and that as you continue doing that it's almost as if now are you taking the drug or is the drug consuming you yeah. and um and then you become and and it's do you fight it or do you just let it consume you but it doesn't necessarily have to be a drug it could just be any sort it could be guilt it, yeah. it could be it could be any sort of uh, destructive force in your life and it's and that's what the shimmer represents is are you going to let that destructive thing pull you down or are you going to somehow pull yourself out of it so that that was that was the first metaphor that i kind of latched onto. that's pretty deep that's pretty good yeah and uh but it, <laughs> it is it's it's fascinating stuff and and um but also let's talk about this fucking alligator because it's right. cool as fuck <laughs> giant uh, albino alligator Jumps out of the water. They uh, shoot it several times with their assault rifle. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's giant. I mean, it's like 20, so it's a 20 footer, maybe 25, three tons of them. And uh, 
And then they open the mouth up, and inside are like concentric rows of teeth, like a shark's teeth. And then there are also like human teeth in it, like a lower jaw of human teeth, like yeah. set in the back. Uh, I was I. I saw them talking about like the special effects in this movie. They did have a guy in like an alligator suit. Like he popped out of the water. And they also made like a very intricate model of it. Like they had a good model of the gator. So they were like, any, any, he's like, yes, we did use some CGI for a few bits of it. But any, like, none of that was like created on a computer. Like it was a mapping of the practical effect that we have. Wow. Like it wasn't like a, a computer art, a digital artist didn't design it. They just copied what the physical artist had designed, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we start, yeah, we start getting this idea of things blending together. Cause yeah, she also comments about the flowers, how it's like, and I, I want to ask you this. Is it species or species? Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. She I, says there are several species of flower on one I say branch. species. I say species as yeah. well. Yeah. So we're in agreement there. Okay. Um, no, yeah. But we're not cellular biologists, so. But, right. <laughs> But but that's um you're right though. That's what's so cool about this is that we don't get just like there's not just one hook about this thing that um like the shimmer's gonna get you with a chainsaw. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. it, it's don't fall asleep. It, right. It's it's affecting people in so many different ways and it's affecting its environment in so many different ways. And it's the physicist, naturally, that that sort of basically figures out what the shimmer is doing and, and what the shimmer is doing is um, not to jump ahead, but we might as well get this out so yeah. we can get right into it. So what this, I think this is the next part. Like we're pretty much there. Anyway. Right. So what the shimmer does is rather than just like a, the way that a mirror might just like directly reflect light. It's more like how a prism works where it will take a source of something, but then shoot it off in several different directions and different colors and yeah, it or, breaks it down. Right. So what they realize is happening is, is that the shimmer is not just refracting and, and changing like light or, or uh, radio waves or something like that, but it's actually people's DNA, like the makeup of everything that is in the shimmer. Everything is subject to the shimmer's desire to change and create. Yeah. Yeah. She realizes this when they find like a house, because this was all like abandoned property. Yeah. You know, people lived there. It's like a house. And then they find like plants, almost like vines with flowers on it that are in the shape of people. But they're like, these plants grew this way. Like in their DNA, they have what I think it's called the hex gene yeah. or hacks gene uh, yeah. hawks gene yeah maybe? that's it that's it. Okay. yeah 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 uh and like that is like the part that tells us how we grow that are my arm is connected by my shoulder here which is connected to my chest like right. it's the map so these flowers have like human mapping yeah my nose is so stuffed up i can't say <laughs> mapping <laughs> god damn it but yeah, it 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 was cute, if you want to call it that. The shimmer is just kind of like a baby. It's like a baby that sort of gets things. Like it doesn't have a full understanding, but it's like 
well, I know that I've seen somebody put this thing there or this is what, you know, when people get dressed, they put on shoes. So I'm going to put on this giant pair of galoshes <laughs> and then they put on a jacket. So I'm going to put on this like princess cape. You know what right. I mean? So it's trying, <laughs> right. you know, but it's, it's like, just, why not? It's the like the shimmer is wasted. It's like totally wasted <laughs> and trying to figure out how to do life, but it doesn't quite have it right. Yeah. So, um, so it kind of creates its own. It's, it, it's, it's like a, it's like a scrambled reality. It's, it's like I've used this metaphor before. It's like, um, it's like a silverware drawer, right? Like all of the, all of the different pieces—the forks, the spoon, the knife—they're all in the drawer. But it's like somebody shook the drawer and then threw it all, or you know, took it out. And then just threw it all back in there and shook it up. Yeah. So all the ingredients are in there. They're just all in the wrong places. Right. Which makes for a cool ass environment. Yeah. You can get creative with it, which they do. And you can also get disgusting Let's with it. Let's get to how disgusting you can get. Yes. With it. And I, I get, let me, I'm going to, I know you hate when I do this. Let me have You're you going lead to the into that. Yes, I okay. am. Yeah. But, but this, this gives you a lot to talk about. I'll be okay. two seconds. So yeah, they find like a, like, it's like a abandoned base, essentially. And they go in and they see that um, the other group, the Oscar Isaac group that had gone in before, had used this area. Because Natalie Portman sees his name on it, but she doesn't give away that she knows who it is. Um, so they're like, well, well, we'll base camp here and see what happens. At least spend the night here. And they see that they had patrols set up, so they're like, we should do that. Let's do patrols. Uh, then uh, Gen- uh, Dr. Ventress finds a uh, bag on the table, and it says, for those who follow, and it's got a little memory card in it. So they pop that memory card. Tim's back. Tim, remember when they pop that memory card into the camera? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so, yeah, they are watching now a video of like we get such a good reaction from Natalie Portman as she has to like like it's like the first like real vision she's seen of the man she lost cuz it's not you know the guy that she yeah. saw who came home is not does not seem to be so it's like the first time she really gets to see him again uh it's she but she's like behind the group so gets to actually like have a reaction yeah. to it um but you know He's with all of his, you know, his group, and it's it's kind of a sweet moment. Like yeah. they're, you know, one guy is obviously in pain or is in, or is struggling, and they're just like, it's gonna be okay. And he just starts to cut this guy's gut yes. open, G- cuts all the way like a like a giant C, like a flap opens yeah. a flap up, and then we see the dudes innards and it's like a worm it's like three worms kind of rolling around on each other but picture it big though big it's yeah thirsty. like big yeah, yeah like like a like a like pvc pipe d- diameter <laughs> yeah right um but but squishy it's disgusting <laughs> and now when i saw this movie the few times i've seen it i thought the whole bit was cgi it is not that's all practical they made a tom savini it they had a guy sit there with a big prosthetic belly that they cut open and then they had guys behind like this wall running the tube through like one guy pulled one way and the other so they could go yeah c- 
concentric ways. Good for them. Can, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I assumed it was all CGI yeah. wildly. And you're right. It, I like what you said about it being a sweet moment. But he's because, able to like put his hand in and pull yeah. one of them out, you know? Because even when um, what you're thinking that you're watching is like, oh, we've seen this before. Found footage of people that are have gone crazy. You know, they were on some, you know, phantom mission and then they all lost their minds. So when we see Kane start to cut into, you know, his his buddy's stomach or his abdomen, you think like, well, he's going, he's killing him. He's he's right. gone crazy. But he's trying to help him. <laughs> right. You're trying to do something. Well, he's to, trying to yeah. show yeah. someone else who comes, like, look at what's happening to yeah. us. And so um <laughs> then that's not even the worst that happens to that guy. Yeah. Well, wait, remind me again what happens. Well, because so they uh, then go into the next room, which had like a pool in it, okay. which is where they're at. Like you, they're splashing around in water. So they get to a pool, which just has a little bit of water on it. But now where that guy was sitting, his body, it looks like it looks like an exp- like a starburst explosion, but of. Micelli- of mushroom mycelium like yeah, like, right like, yeah or like a colorful fungus or, or even yeah moss a lot of a lot of uh fungus work in this yeah. movie which uh, mushrooms are incredible like they're, <laughs> right no one believed me at trivia one time so when it, they, one of the questions was what's the largest organism on earth and i said mushrooms they're like it's the blue whale i'm like it's mushrooms really because they they are interconnected underground, like ah. the web they weave underground runs hundreds of miles. Like, oh but it's God. so spread out; it's not dense at all. But it's like a fine hair that they're. It's all connected. It's mind boggling, dude. I never knew that. Yeah, that's fascinating. So I got to I got to gloat a little bit when <laughs> yeah, mushroom you should. was. That's the, badass. Yeah, and and it's gross to me because. It almost, and that's what was so gross to me. I'm about. not saying all mushrooms run under the one network, but a organism of mushrooms yes. is gigantic underground. And um, and yeah, that's so gross to me because I mean I can see all the the blood and the guts and the slashes and the cuts and the shootings and all that stuff, but it's the the parasitic stuff. That's the stuff that just turns my stomach. Yeah, and. What's funny is, is that as we get into understanding what the shimmer is, whatever it was that is in him and and is moving, like the first thought that comes into our mind is that he's being like, he's the host for some giant worm or whatever. But it also could just be, it might just be his own intestines that have been altered by the shimmer to like be this weird, like they've got a mind of their own thing now and they're fucking huge. But yeah, his whole body is sort of infested by whatever this, this sort of fungus is. Yeah. And you're right. And it's almost, I'll tell you, I mean, it's bad what happened to the guy, but it's, it looks pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. When he's like, like you said, perfectly explained it, that starburst sort of explosion of self onto the wall behind him, which is, is uh, manifested as these sort of, colorful moss and and fungus uh you don't see that in every no and his upper torso is way high up on the wall so it's almost like that part grew as this tree and then like started to spread out so his skull is kind of like to the side and spread out a little bit kind of like if if you're needing like some like that sort of weird ass aesthetic that's in like the thing like something, yeah. something without being like, the ooze. It's right. it, yeah. It, this is something out of the thing for sure. <laughs> right. So, um, so now we're, we're of the understanding that 
the stakes are pretty high because whenever this thing gets a hold of you, it can really fuck you up. Yeah. Um, but but our 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 leads are still fully intact yep. at this point. And you know, both mentally and physically. Not for long. Yeah, not for long. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and that's what's really nice about it is that we start to see them kind of dropping off one by one. And you could really read into this as far as um what I want to say, like strength of constitution of somebody. So like one person, you know, Cass sort of admits that that she's scared, but but she's hiding it. Yeah. And um, now she doesn't so much change as she is attacked uh, by something. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bear. Sounds like a bear then. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, and, it, and it's very forceful and it's very violent. And it's and that's the thing about this movie. It's it's hard to call this movie scary because it's not overly scary, right? But but in the moments where it does have the shimmer really manifesting itself into a specific thing, it's creepy. Or it, well, the bear thing is pretty goddamn scary. Yeah, yeah. That attack feels like like the the shock and helplessness of a bear attack. Yeah, and it, well, it's very brief. Yeah. Well, this bear, the first bear attack. Well, we should. There are yeah. two bear attacks. The second bear attack we, is much more in depth. Oh. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite scenes oh my in any movie. Uh, because yeah, it's uh, Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee. They're like the only ones who see it, which is important because uh, Gina Rodriguez is starting to lose her mind. Yeah, and that's something she says even before they go in. She's like, the theory is either something in there kills them, or they go crazy and kill them, kill each other. Yeah. Like that's what happens to every group. Um, so she's kind of a person that needs things to be black and white. So when they aren't anymore, that that's troublesome to her. That's a good point. And th- and that's what, like that's what I was saying. Like that as we, it's it's the strength of personal constitution that that sort of determines the order of how people start to go out. So you know, Cass is is afraid. Maybe the bear senses that or whatever. Then our physicist uh, is. She's just kind of meek as a person in general. Like she's just have a real strong personality. She's really sort of uh, quiet and yeah, shy. These are not military people. Like yeah. Natalie Portman's the only one with them. Right. Well, I, well, and Doctor Ventress is in the military. Yeah. But seems to have more of a uh, executive role. Right. So the physicist <laughs> being sort of you know uh, mild mannered and and sort of gentle natured. Once she realizes what the shimmer is doing, she sort of feels helpless to it. So she kind of gives in quickly um, because it's just kind of like, well, this is happening and this is nature and this is just how it works and I can't really stop it. And then she just kind of almost gives herself to it. Yeah. Um, and just accepts it because that's just probably how her brain works. You right. Know? Um, and it makes good sense. And and then we have our, our next person in line who you mentioned the the paramedic that's later though. She doesn't give in to oh, it yeah. until yeah, yeah. much later. Okay. But, but it is cool how we start to see just subtly that she's well in, <laughs> in a very sort of funny way, losing her grip, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, that's a dad humor man. If you see this, but, but yeah, we, the, um, the, the subtleties and the breakdowns of people are, are very, um, very staggered and and they they don't it's not like somebody just jumps up out of their chair one day and says i'm crazy you know yeah. like you can see it coming on yeah 
And she ends up finding out. Because, yeah, so now Cass is, like, gone. Yeah. So it's already starting to fracture them. They find a house, which I don't know if you noticed this, but, like, it mirrors Natalie Portman's house Ooh. in real life. Oh. Like, that staircase okay. is nearly the same oh, staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's very, it's almost like, oh, is the shimmer, is it able to create that through a memory? Like, you know, it's just now we're getting, like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, like, through Kane's thoughts. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, they they kind of uh, take refuge at this house, and Natalie Portman wakes up to Gina Rodriguez holding a gun in her face, yeah, calling her a liar, mm-hmm. knocks her out. Next thing you know, she wakes up. She's tied to a chair, and she's found her locket, which had Oscar Isaac's picture in it. Yeah, and she's like, "You're a liar. I know that Jennifer Jason Lee. You knew. Yeah." And it's you know part of that paranoia now is if I if I let you go, are you going to tie me up and cut me open? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Right. Yeah, she's she's sort. Of, I mean, she's she's losing her mind, but in the midst of it, like she realizes that realizes that all bets are off. Right. So that any anything could be happening to her because she's already she makes mention of the fact that she sees her. What I was referencing with the grip, she sees her fingerprints starting to to move and to yeah. change. We do get a cool shot of her palm, and you do see it move just a little bit. Yeah, where you're like, "Did I see that?" Because she hasn't said it yet. Yeah, so cool. So, so Uh, we see that breakdown, and then we get uh, it's interrupted by your bear scene. Yeah, well, but first you hear you hear Cass yell, "Help me!" Yeah, and And you're like, like, "Oh shit!" I thought Cass was dead. Yeah, and she's like, "You fucking liar! You said she was dead because she does go like they find her shoe." And yeah, Natalie Portman does a little like soul searching walk alone and finds her dead. Um, So she, you know, runs out to get Cass and then you hear a bear roar and silence from her. And now you've got this fucking bear come in. Oh, yeah. Uh, So they had a head for it. The head itself was the real deal. And then they had a dude in like a foam bear suit and then they cgi'd over it but a lot of the shots where it's just the bear head coming over that's like a practical bear yeah and the guy who designed it you know they were toying around with stuff uh i guess the book has some crazy crazier shit in it more creatures but they were messing around with like a boar with like human teeth and like weird stuff so they came out upon this bear and the guy who was designing it was, you know, trying to incorporate other things. And he just took a bunch of, like, skulls and smashed them together and put them at the top. And they were like, yes, that's it. <laughs> so this bear comes in. It's kind of deteriorating itself. Uh, like, it has no skin around its mouth yeah, or its snout. And then, yeah, on the side, you see, like human skull singing out and as it's coming in it's doing this roar like half roar half human cast going help me i can't do it i can't even give it i'm not even gonna try and do it uh it's so creepy oh my god and it's just kind of like coming in and just putting its head by them you know and they're tied to this chair and can't move uh it's such an intense part and then just when the it doesn't it doesn't even like attack violently. It's this weird, like slow, lazy 
bite it kind of does into Tessa Thompson's shoulder, but not yeah. it doesn't even really bite her. It's just kind of like nuzzles onto her, like you're like a like a pet bite, like yeah. a, a soft bite. Uh, and then thankfully, Gina Rodriguez still alive. She starts shooting the bear with a machine gun, and the bear takes her out. And that all her own stunts. Like they had her wired up, and the guy in the bear suit knocks her into the wall and is throwing her around. She loves to do her own stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, that that bear design it is rips great. that lower jaw off. Huh? Oh, yeah, that right. It's like, whoa, God. Yeah, almost because like it's it's sort of obviously a little bit jaw confused itself. <laughs> right. And then to take her jaw off. So <laughs> that's what's kind of neat about the bear. And, and it's what they said that they wanted to go for was that it's not just like this mindless, perfect you know, perfectly constructed specimen of a killer. It's actually sort of um, broken itself. Yeah. Like and it's, it's in pain. It's wounded. It's, it's this amalgamation of, of different, you know, uh, species or species and, <laughs> and life forms. And it probably has no idea what it is. And for God's sake, it took on Cass's like, the, the the aspect of cast that it incorporated into itself is like the most fearful and and in pain that she ever was in her life. Right. So that's like to to have that one element of the person be to be represented in a new creature is like her at her absolute worst and yeah. most pained. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee says something like that. Like yeah. imagine like the only part of you that lives on yeah. is your greatest mode of like fear and right. pain. Yeah, and it's so it's it's really neat, and that's where I like what you said earlier uh, at the beginning of the episode about um, somebody saying this is what we've all been clamoring for, you know, because this bear is, I mean, yes, we color we covered uh, color out of space, and we yeah. do get some sort of like amalgamation of of uh, mother and son and that sort of thing, yeah. and, and it's not like it's never been done. We reference the thing. But this bear feels like, man, you you earn your place on the mantle, right? Like this, this is special. Yeah, like it's neat. So, so here we have Annihilation, like really coming into its own, really being its own film, and and setting its own pace and its own brand of creepiness and horror. Yeah, that Tessa Thompson blows its brains out with yes. machine gun. Yes, <laughs> so cool too. so that's done, and then we um. We have what is uh, essentially like a, a sort of regrouping and a and a mission to go on to the lighthouse, which seems to be you know like ground zero for where yeah the uh, well yeah because they they do say at the beginning when they're where they first get up from camp and they're like well we don't even know where we're at how do we get out of here and they're like well we head south we'll hit the shore and then you follow the shore out of the shimmer. Which makes sense. I mean, again, as a metaphor that yeah. this lighthouse is the beacon. This, she, uh, she does give this whole survival thing about, oh, you look where the clock is. And then based on 12, then split the difference. I'm like, I get I don't know what you said, but <laughs> yeah, I, I believe your survival tip. I might use that. You yeah. sound real confident when you said that. <laughs> right. Uh, but so, yes, lighthouse beacon. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. The, it's, uh, you know, do do they want to get out of there or do they want to get to the lighthouse and are using it as a excuse? Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough to say. And what's really creepy is um, I looked up whatever national park it was that the author of the book used as uh, inspiration when he was writing it. Yeah. 
and it does have a lighthouse that looks exactly fucking like oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was eerie to see wow. the picture yeah, of the real cool lighthouse. Looking lighthouse. Yeah. It's a very eerie picturesque. Yes. Even before it goes crazy. And so so we have um Yeah, this is Tessa Thompson's part where she's like because Jennifer Jason Lee is like, I'm going to the fucking lighthouse. Yeah. That's why I came in here. Uh very important line with, you know. It could be the person who gets there is not the person who started this journey. I need to get there before I'm this new person. Yeah. So, you know, Tessa Thompson's like, well, you know, she wants to confront it. You, Natalie Portman, want to fight it. I don't really want to do any of that. Right. Uh, Yeah. She just kind of accepts it. And she's now, like, not hiding her scars anymore. We get this cool kind of shot. Where it's and, and they don't like that's another thing I like about this movie. It's like they don't like it's not like close up on her arm and you see vines right. on her arm. It's just like from a nice medium shot. Yeah. And I go, oh, what is what is that? Like I want to see more. Right. I want yes. to see more so much so badly. Um, yeah, and she just kind of like turns a corner. And Natalie Portman runs after her, and she turns the corner, and we just see a bunch of those plants shaped as people yeah and tessa thompson is gone right yeah so it's a nice good ambiguous what happened to her i like to think she's just hiding behind a bush <laughs> waiting yeah. for her to leave <laughs> right uh <laughs> that would be so awesome right? yeah. Just... yeah the only survivor well yeah the, or she just comes into like after natalie portman comes out and it's like yeah i made it i'm fine i mean i look like <laughs> right, a tree yeah. but you know i just had to pee i was right. squatting <laughs> right <laughs> I just squatted behind myself yeah, because like you were I am now bushes. real close, and I'm like privacy, please. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. So so that's kind of Ian. You're right. That that moment is like it's a little sad, but it's kind of like um, it's kind of like she just accepts it. Yeah. And um, there's a scene like that, real similar to that. Well, I feel like that's how I'd be. I'd it's kind of like, like all right, let's do this. There's a, a a wonderful if we're talking about well here comes our we're championing the the underwatched a uh, great movie called The Gray with Liam Neeson about uh, guys that survive a plane oh, yeah. crash. And um, there comes a point where one of the guys who, you know, they've been ravaged by these wolves and everything, and he's he's injured. He knows he's probably not going to make it out. There's no clear sign that they're going to make it out. And, you know, he just stops and he just sits down and they're like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, look around you. And they're in this. I mean, yes, they're being chased by wolves, but it's this beautiful stream in this beautiful, like a whatever it is, Alaskan or, or northern Canada, you know, countryside and it's gorgeous and he's like it doesn't get any better than this like i'm I'm just gonna sit down and die here like i'm done i accept it and that's what she does too she just accepts her fate uh rightly or wrongly and and gives into it um so now we're just left with because i've only seen this one time so you're kind of my guide through this here well yeah and now jennifer jason lee is gone and natalie portman's like well i'll just i'll head to the lighthouse yeah because she's like you know, she is on a mission because she knows why. Like she knows Oscar Isaacs went on this mission because it was self-destructive. He like they seem to have a decent relationship enough. Yeah. Like I didn't get like they were in a bad relationship, but it's he's gone enough to the point where she's seeking companionship from someone else. Right. It's she obviously does not love this guy at no. all because she just you know, gets that BBC and GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we should say, yeah, that, that professor that she's talking to, that's inviting her to the barbecue. 
uh, has offered her his meat in the past. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she did take advantage of it. <laughs> right. Um, but no, yeah. So there has been an affair going on there. But like you said, there, there are long stretches of time where her husband is gone. And and um, yeah. You and know, it's like he, you know, he never is like, I know about your affair, but she knows he knows. And it's like he probably took this as like a, well, I can do something great. And if I die, what am I really losing? Like, if right. I don't come back, I've kind of already lost it anyway. So, and that's why and I don't we, know how to get it back. And that's why it, and it, again, it plays into our metaphor of these sort of cataclysmic events changing people. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's Kane's. Uh, pattern of thought, which is like, I know my wife is cheating on me. Like nothing is the same anymore. You know, like it has altered things forever. It has altered how I see her. It has altered how I feel, Yeah. Um. you know, to, to a certain extent. And so, yeah, you're, you're right. He kind of feels like he has nothing to lose. So he goes on that mission. Yeah. So she like feels she owes it to him. Yeah. To find what started this all. Right. Right. Uh, so which yeah. that which that's what co- sort of led me on my path of maybe that her metaphor is the guilt that she's wrestling with that she's um in this sort of spiral that she can't get out of that's spurned by the guilt of possibly being the force that drove him to go on this essentially suicide mission right uh, which was probably explained to him as look would you say that he was part of a suicide squad you could <laughs> yes yeah that's. That's what our podcast is all about. Suicide squads <laughs> and their many and different incarnations. Um, but yes, so he, uh, he does, um, he does go on that. She, you know, he yeah. doesn't come back. She, her guilt is even worsened. And um, so now you're like you said, because somebody pointed out that she doesn't, when, when asked, you know, like why she's going on it or whatever, she doesn't say, because I love him. It's because I owe him. Right. So, so yeah, so she's trying to right some wrongs here. Yeah. She finds the lighthouse. It looks really cool. It's kind of interesting because the, you know, the closer you get to the lighthouse, the more intense yeah. things are. Now we're at the lighthouse and it's almost like there's no, like not a lot of color. Yeah. Everything has been crazy color. Now we're here. It's like very white. Uh, there are these trees that have essentially grown out of crystals so like yeah. mineral mineral and vegetation minerals with a vegetation hawks gene right the mineral with a gene who would have thought yeah right um so yeah she gets to the lighthouse it's got that kind of again mushroom tendril-ish kind of thing yeah coming out the hole you see the hole where the thing hit then there's another cave under that right which looks very like hr geiger it's kind of weird yeah because now it's like math it's like geometric formations yes and what was complete randomness is now like biomechanical repetitive pattern yeah Yeah. like the fucking beds and stuff tim yes it is um but oh before she goes down there though she does find a videotape a camera so you see a camera in the middle of the room and then a like figure sitting a scorched skeleton sitting yeah. like cross-legged with just the I love the look of it cuz you know exactly like what ha- like this intense heat where it's like there's kind of the white halo part and then the black scorch yeah that goes up the rest of the wall. So it just looks like this guy was like blast cooked whoever this skeleton is. Yes. 
So she watches the tape. It's Oscar Isaac or Kane. He's talking, you know, it's like he's getting ready. He's like, have you ever seen like a phosphorus grenade go off? And you're just like, who is he talking to? Right. Uh, And then right before he lights his thing off, he's like, find Lena. And you hear in Oscar Isaac's voice, I will. Uh, He blasts himself off and then in walks the Oscar Isaac. We saw, because you could tell by the slick back hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The so real that's piece how of know. shit with the slick back hair. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up like we we haven't said much negative about this movie because there isn't much to say negative, but one thing, and I don't I, I almost don't want to ruin our groove here, but I have to say <laughs> Go, go. When Kane is speaking, and it's pretty important the things that he's saying, when when the real Kane is speaking to the camera, yeah, uh, which is, you know, and behind that camera is the sort of replicant Kane. Okay? Yeah. So when he's speaking, he's he's talking about he he's somebody who's very, very confused. He doesn't know if he's like, are, are did I come from you? Like referencing the replica. Right. Did you come from me? Like, I don't even know who I am anymore, which all could be some kind of big ultimately the metaphor that of the feelings that somebody might have when they find out that their spouse is cheating on them. Like I just nothing even makes sense anymore. And it just scrambles your whole perception of everything. Right. So that's sort of what he's going through, but he's going through it in a, in a kind of literal sense. Um, but he has this sort of like prevalent Southern accent. Oh, dude, I knew, I knew you were going to say something. Because yes, there are like two lines where I'm like, oh wait, does he have a Southern accent? And then the right. next line is just like a normal, like yeah, not Southern right. accent. But I'm like, it, but I'm kind of like, did he always <laughs> talk like? Did I? Am I the asshole? Like, did I, did I not catch that before? But yeah, he suddenly has a. In the midst of his confusion, he has like a, a southern Texas, accent. Yeah, it's like a Texas twang. Who knows? Maybe, but only of, for those two lines. Maybe one of his fellow unit guys had a southern accent, and maybe he's taking that shimmered on. it. Yeah, yeah, he shimmered the accent off. Of oh, who knows? At this point, um, I mean, that's it, it's a ballsy like choice to make because they don't spoon feed that to you. But yeah. but I mean that he's he's I mean that might be something you would do because we need to see that it's physically Kane, but we also need to see that he's undergoing some sort of change. Yeah. And we didn't have some big worm inside of him, So maybe his accent has changed. It's <laughs> interesting. Right. No, but, um, but either way, sense. it was just something I, and I that's caught. a choice that Oscar Isaacs would take would make as an actor. I'm not familiar with that guy. What else has he done? Uh, well, he was in, uh, in ex machina. He was, uh, uh, Llewellyn Davis. That uh, Coen Brothers movie. Oh, okay. Uh, he's Poe Dameron from the new Star Wars trilogy. Okay. I, I haven't seen any of these, but okay. You're not missing yeah. anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just a really good... He's just... A, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, but he's one of those guys where he just kind of like crept in out of nowhere. Yeah. But by only doing amazing work. Yeah, it, it and you're probably, just like, how have I not heard of? This probably guy? seems like he's been around forever now, but yeah, but just yeah. sort of crept in. Oh, that's cool. He's um, gonna be in the new Marvel series Moon Knight. Okay, that looks kind of dark. And just by the way, Disney show. Just so you know, you saying that that title with your stuffed up oh, nose is adorable. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, but like I was. I was right there. I was ready. I'm at the allergist, and they closed because we had a snowmageddon. I'll just never get the medication I need. It's cute. It's cute. 
Um, not getting rid of my cats. <laughs> just talking about it now, I feel like I have to sneeze oh, just because I'm talking about my well, fucking Well, I go to the bathroom five times a show, so <laughs> feel free to let it go. But yeah, so now here's where we start to get really neat. And I don't I, I don't I really don't want to jump over what happens when Natalie Portman goes down into the cave, because that's pretty important in yeah. and of itself. Um, but there's so much cool stuff that happens after that. So <laughs> let's get the cave stuff out of the way. So yeah, she yeah, goes was, down. Jennifer Jason Lee's in there. I, I don't even remember like what like she's just talking a lot of flowery. Yeah. Now we're into like a lot of like just metaphorical talking about yes. becoming and whatever. Right. But I will. And she kind of then barfs out light like yeah more shimmer essentially yeah which i took as a like cancer thing like the it's already in her yeah kind of a thing uh and yeah she kind of bursts into this light and withers away yeah and natalie portman is standing there and now it creates this what's called a oh man uh some a uh, mendel bulb is the the figure that it turns into yeah. which is a real it's a fractal. It's a three-dimensional fractal. Oh. But the first time it was created was like 1997. Like, it's a relatively new geometric shape, which is kind of crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought Like, you like could a- go to websites and put in different parameters, and then it will render a Mendel bulb for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So, yeah, she starts looking into this. Man, it is just kind of mesmerizing. Yeah, almost. I'll tell you what. This is just my own weird craziness. Too many, too many uh, shows when I was a kid about like people being like hypnotized by something, like in a a sound or a a song or a a TV thing. Like when I saw that that image happening, it is it was so alluring, and I wanted, but I like stared down at the corner. Like I don't (laughs) want to be hypnotized. I don't want to get sucked into this. (laughs) But it was so cool looking um, from what I saw. Uh, but um, but yeah, so there's that sort of moment. And then when Natalie Portman does get out of the cave. Yeah. And, and well, is, now, but before oh, yeah. she goes up, super cool part. Because, yeah, the, the light now, as she's like staring into it, we're getting like some zooms and then it zooms out. And now it kind of has taken this weird humanoid figure. Yeah. yeah. And she shoots at it. Super cool effect to where like the bolts, the bullets go in it and then kind of like just do this kind of like tracer light thing as they come out and just stop. But then that part stays. Yeah. So you have these weird like tendrils coming out of the back where the bullets came out. That's when she runs out of the cave, gets into the lighthouse. It's already up there. Yes. Yeah. And now we have 10 minutes of no talking. Right. Right. Yeah, just this. <laughs> Such a cool uh, series of tones there. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, so now we have what could be here. We get into a little bit more of our metaphors here. This is her battling herself. Yeah. So it's it's done. But I don't want to take away from the literal coolness of it because <laughs> it is this this she's threatened by this thing but all it's trying to do is learn and like mimic her 
um, and and adapt to her. And it's slowly, ever so slowly, becoming more like her, taking on more mannerisms. Still very much just like a blank slate of a like a um, an even more faceless mannequin, let's say. Yeah. But it, but it is like picking up her mannerisms and it's picking up her movements. It's very very cool. And um, and the CGI didn't bother me in the slightest because it, no. in, in this world, why why should it? Right. Um, and uh, so. That is neat. yeah. It's one of those you could you're like obviously that's CGI, but it's it's not bad. I think it was it was nice that they didn't have it moving. Like yeah. I, I could see them someone making the decision of oh the whole body should be constantly swirling and yeah. who knows what it is. But it's just kind of a weird like reptilian gloss. Yeah, to right. it. And 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 what's funny is it's it's not like a real fight to the death. It's because one thing isn't really fighting. It's just trying to to become. Yeah, it's trying to sort of birth itself into her, or or it's it's trying to become her, um, or it's yeah. trying. Well, it's trying to become something based on what it's gleaming off of her. Right. So it is just a thing that is really like any other. I mean, it's the most basic instinct in any living creature is is to live to survive yeah so it's just trying to do that i did like the part because she initially tries to run out and it like kind of pins itself yeah on so they're like pinned on the door and it's the more she struggled like you almost could see her getting crushed by this thing yeah. and it's not until she relaxes and stops pushing yeah that that thing also stops pushing right 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 oh. right right so you're, yeah. The motion capture was done by this ballerina. I think she was in Ex Machina. She's the college student at the beginning that asked oh, okay. a question. She did the mocap for it. Yeah. A little BTS for you behind the scenes. <laughs> but no, but you're right. And that's that's what's neat about it is that, and again, that falls in line. It's like if if you... You know, if you stop fighting yourself, if you, you know, you're not going to win if you just try to battle yourself and it, which is the most basic metaphor for self-destruction. And um, so she does kind of ease up and then the thing eases up off her and then um, just sort of basically kind of outsmarts the thing because it probably doesn't. Well, she teaches it self-destruction. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. That's a great way to look at yeah. it. Yes. Because she gets another one of those phosphorus grenades. Puts it in the hands of the thing and then runs. Yeah. So, yeah, it explodes. Does it? And then it's such it's such a another kind of sweet moment where it's almost standing there. It's just its hands are on fire. Yeah. But it's almost standing there like, why? What? Yeah. Why did you do this? Right. Like not even understanding yet of like any sort of like uh, assault or right. hurt or, you know, um any infliction of of negativity like it's it's just it's it's like a baby it really is yeah and so you're right it is it is a sweet moment there and then with its explosion and the crumbling of the lighthouse it's almost as if the shimmer itself is destroyed yeah all the tr- all the glass trees shatter into this molten that looks super cool right like everything superheats because it's on fire, phosphorus right. fire, like it's white hot fire. Yes. So yeah, it destroys everything. It essentially destroys the shimmer. She gets out. That's now where all her questioning has come from. And this is the part in the movie that if you read anything about it, this I feel very relaxed about this part of the film because so many people get themselves worked up into a tizzy 
about what happens next. And I think it's just as simple as can be. Yeah. Um, so what happens Excellent. is, you know, she makes herself or makes her way back to the facility. Um, and like you said, this is this is where we now see the reality of her being questioned after having escaped the shimmer. And um, so they get through their questioning. She doesn't really have a whole lot to say because she doesn't necessarily know very much. And then um, she is allowed to go see Kane, whose uh, condition has improved after the shimmer was destroyed. Yeah. So she goes into this sort of uh, quarantine, you know, zip plastic little uh, tent. That I will say in. I noticed on the closed captions, uh, it says quarantine tent closing as he's opening the zipper. I was like. <laughs> Okay. Let's get our closed captions right. Well, let me well let me just say though real quick. Because if I'm blind and someone's reading those to me, right. I'm not going to know what's going on. But you know what though? Weren't you there so much more good than bad? I know we champion closed captioning, but how many lines were in this movie where it's like distant talking that you would never hear? Like two people like going down some steps and continuing to talk, and we know exactly what they're saying. Yeah. You can't hear. I can't it for say shit. in this movie I really paid that much attention to the closed captions. I usually do, but I'm just I get so oh yeah. Well, and you know, transfixed the movie well. in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So anyhow, she's in that that plastic tent with with Kane, and um, he's still he, while he's doing better, he's still that sort of. Um, different cane yeah you know he's not the i don't want to say robot but he's just kind of like emotionless right and um now here's where i think it's really neat where we're talking about you sort of hinted at it a little while ago where we're talking about maybe it's not only physical form that's reflected or dna that's or refracted in the shimmer it might also be certain um certain emotions so maybe this new Kane, we'll call him, um, is not Kane. But maybe one of the things that he got from Lena or from from the real Kane was the love of Lena, yeah. because he does. Because this replicant Kane does feel compelled to go into the house and seek out Lena. Yeah, you know, in the beginning. So maybe while it isn't the true Kane that she fell in love with or was married to, or whatever, like that he does feel something. He knows that he's supposed to feel something for Yeah. Him. And he probably does. He's not the same man. Right. But he's still that man. So she asks him, now this is what trips everybody up. She asks him, are you Kane? And he says, I don't think so. Right. And then he asks her, are you Lena? And she says, nothing. Nothing. They hug. And then he gets up and hugs her. And then we see uh, a shimmer of color and light in the iris of both of their eyes. Yeah. So, close up on Kane. His irises are changing color. Yeah. And then we see Natalie Portman. Her eyes are doing the same. Right. Not even blackout. Super trippy. Uh, the end credits are just like, just take some drugs and watch the end credits of this movie. <laughs> You'll have the best time in the world. So now you've got a legion of people saying, oh, my God, was that really her? Was it not really her? Was, you know, we were led to believe that she escaped the shimmer, but was it actually the replicant of her that got out? To me, it's I I don't struggle with any of that. We know that the cane that's there is a real replicant that we know that that's that's not even an issue. What is the reason why, in my opinion, they inserted her irises shimmering? is not to say that she's the replicant. She no. isn't. 
what they're saying is, is that when you go through something, when you go through a hard time in your life, or even if you have, you know, cancer or whatever it may be, or let's say you're addicted to heroin. If you've, uh, if you've been clean for six months, it's not like, I'm not an addict anymore. <laughs> right. you know, you're always an addict. You know, that's always, those tendencies are always going to be a part of you. You weren't maybe necessarily born with them, but you went through the cataclysmic event of becoming a heroin addict. Now you're, you're improving yourself and you're saving your life, but it's still a part of you. Yeah. And you're still affected by that. Yeah. So I think that's all they're trying to say is, no, she's not a replicant, but part of what she experienced in the shimmer is naturally still with her. Yes. Yes, that definitely that on the metaphorical level. And then even on the literal level, like she tests her blood in there. Oh, yeah. And sees her cells divide and one of them is like a shimmering. And she's like, all right. And like, it's part of me now. Yeah, she's got so, a little, yeah, she's yeah. Got some shimmer in her. Yeah. And I do. I love that that she doesn't answer because to me, it's also like one of my interpretations of it is, you know, I don't know how this alien life form works right yeah like you even said it is kind of childlike like it's not it doesn't really seem to have a motivation right so it's like in its attempt to replicate whatever it planet it's on maybe you know maybe that's what it does right yeah to then assimilate itself into the into the environment so as it you know tried to replicate Kane and then had like massive organ failure and was hemorrhaging and couldn't do it so now the next person who it tried to replicate was Natalie Portman, which it didn't do, but it's something like Jennifer Jason Lee says where she's talking about when Cass, she's like, oh, like it was like her death like became a part of that animal. So like since the bear killed Cass, it absorbed like the last S like bit of Cass. Yeah. So because Natalie Portman kills the alien perhaps just due to the nature of the shimmer, just a, you know, a sliver or whatever, you know, whatever part of that alien still crosses in with her. Sure. sure. Like I, now she killed it. Like the bear killed Cass. Yeah. Maybe that is now a part of her. And maybe that's kind of the, I kind of took that as the, it's almost like two aliens hugging and one who didn't do it right. And then he's like, but you figured it out. Like, you you are a human, but are still this alien part alien. Yeah. Well, right. And I, I and that's I, the more literal sci-fi interpretation that I took from it. Yeah. Either way, I and I could go with any one of that. I mean, because it, it goes back to this uh, ship of Theseus thing. It's like so. If there's part of this alien in her, let's say let's just say for for uh, argument's sake, the real Lena did make it out. She doesn't answer whether or not she's Lena because, well, what, what, what makes is Lena? her Lena? Yeah. Like, it, is it, is it this is, and I, I guess, and I keep going back to the metaphor, but that's just kind of the, the stuff that I get into, which is, you know, are you going to let this thing define you or not? Are you going to let this, this bad thing that happened become who you are? Right. It's always going to be a part of you. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's who you are, but it is a part of you. Right. So, so it's that balance back and forth. I, I do think um, you mentioned the one thing um, that I think is really important to say 
about our quote unquote villain in this movie is that that the shimmer doesn't destroy it creates right like they ask her like you know that that she said it wasn't trying to to destroy it was trying to create um and that's but where, every human is destructive right in the movie and i was i was trying i i kind of couldn't help but um and you know i can't believe i'm saying this because i, I don't like to make things overly political but I couldn't help but think of a, of a nice metaphor there for immigration, and that is okay. that that people the that the perception on this side is that that thing is alien. Oh, that person is alien. They're coming here to destroy and take away from me. When the truth of it is, that person is probably coming here because they have you know bullets whizzing past their kids' heads and they want their children to survive and live. They're coming here to create. They're not coming here to, to take anything away. Right. So I thought that that was, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure that wasn't intended, but I I think it was a, it's a nice way to look at things that um, it kind of goes back to that one, that sort of popular phrase right now where it's like um, changing your perspective to say, instead of saying I have to, it's I get to. Kind of like, um, like, oh shit, I've got to clean the garage. Or you could look at it as, I, I get to have a garage. Some people don't. <laughs> right. I get to clean it because I'm blessed to have one. Yeah, in the first I have place. enough stuff to put in a garage. Right. So, so I think that that's the overall message of this is that whether it's cancer, I even went off on a tangent in my own mind for a second that maybe it was about technology, but that's just me like replicating yourself in a digital format. And then when does, does the digital you become you? Because the thing is, and I'm not putting anybody down, but there are some people that I see online that, and maybe it's, they've, they've monetized it. So it is a huge part of their life. And I I don't, you know, uh, hold that against them, but there's so many pictures so many times a day that you have to wonder like, where does the, this real person end? (laughs) Or is this what, what people see What millions of people see more than people, more than the amount of people that see them in real life. Yeah. A larger amount of people now know them in their virtual self. Yeah. So where does that person be, you know, begin and and end? Yeah. Um, but that's just the, because that's a heavily curated image anything you put on social media. Right. I know a guy, he will only take pictures from one angle. (laughs) It's a good angle though. I bet it's a good angle. That guy. Uh, but yeah, that's sorry. That's it's, it's, it's warranted. It is. Um, but that's the beauty of this movie is that, um, like we, like we blew our own minds with earlier. Maybe this movie is sort of like an extension of its very self, which is that it it can replicate and become and mutate into whatever interpretation you want to see in it. That makes you it recommend a pretty, it? it makes it a goddamn special movie, and I absolutely recommend it. This absolutely. is a very weird episode. Hey, this is su- it was very long. Thanks to anyone who stuck around through this whole episode. Where are we at now? We're almost at two hours. Oh boy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and our least funny episode by yeah, far. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Uh yeah, that is something I when I was like writing up the stuff at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I did not laugh once during this movie. Like, no, no humor at all. Yeah, no, no mention of vag. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Suck my vag. Although, did you notice the tunnel going into the cavern? Kind of looked like a vagina. A little bit, yeah, a yeah. little bit, yeah. Saw some vagina there. Finally, <laughs> right, yeah, I've been sitting there for an hour and fifty minutes waiting for it. 
God. Oh no, what I do? Okay, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I I recommend too. Great movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'm like trepidous about saying it's a horror movie. It's got some pretty horrific stuff in it. It's existentially horrific for sure. Uh, if we're doing that, maybe someday we'll do Synecdoche, New York. We're really getting crazy on <laughs> existential horror. That's for another day. I'll save that for a birthday show or something. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Join us next week. We're going to get back to some nitty gritty. Something, a, a, a movie we both have not seen and both really want to see from 1986. Visiting Michael Rooker in his, I don't know, probably like defining performance like the I, thing I that think, made yeah, him who he at was least the first stage of his career yeah. yeah henry portrait of a serial killer yeah very excited i really i really know nothing about it and i and i know other than just, the box art yeah with him staring, <laughs> him staring in, the mirror. in the mirror yeah yeah and i cannot believe and there are people that'll be like this fucking guy hasn't seen that movie or whatever i don't know how i missed yeah, you it. can't see every movie okay right. yeah jeez but i'm excited yeah i can't wait okay Please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Send us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. What did you think of Annihilation? Did you listen to two hours of us talking about it? Huge thank you to our patrons. You help make this show possible. Please leave us a review or rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're still on Spotify, right? We're not, we don't care about the Joe Rogan stuff. Yeah, like, no, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're staying on. We're staying on. Yeah, Tell I mean, people whatever I, you want, Joe Rogan. I mean, just today, Anne Murray's ghost threatened to remove her music from Spotify. <laughs> but I mean, we're, we're hanging in there. Excellent. Okay, yeah. Join us next week. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Tim, do you got anything else to say about Annihilation? <laughs> uh, just that if any musicians out there would like to take my Annihilate song... <laughs> And do a cover version, or maybe. Yeah, I hope I didn't blow everyone. I had to jump onto the (laughs) fucking uh, mixer to turn you down. The the song is not currently copywritten, so you are welcome to create your own. Oh, some fan cover version work. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, feel free. I'd love to hear it. Excellent. All right, Tim. Well, I can't wait to hear the top chart, chart topping. Fuck it. All right. See you next week, Tim. Bye.